Hello, and welcome to Speaking Frankly. I'm your host, Janae Frank. This podcast is all about love, life, pain, and everything in between. Real talk for real people from a writer's perspective, done through interviews, storytelling, and plain old straight talk. This week's episode is titled The Matrix. I got the idea to do this episode based upon the 1990 film The Matrix. It's a science fiction action film written and directed by the Wachowskis. It's the first installment in the Matrix film series starring Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne. It depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, the Matrix, which intelligent machines have created to distract humans while they use their bodies as an energy source. When computer programmer Thomas Anderson, under the hacker alias Neo, uncovers the truth, he joins a rebellion against the machines along with other people who have been freed from the Matrix. So I know that was a whole mouthful, but that is one of my very favorite films of all time. I absolutely love that movie. And I've heard a lot of people, maybe conspiracy theorists, actually say that that movie is not just a science fiction film, but is actually like a documentary. And whether you take that literally or metaphorically, I can see where they're coming from. And so I relate that to social media right now. I did an episode in 2021 called The Social Network, and it was all about the effects positively and negatively of social media on our lives. But in this episode, I would like to focus on the negative aspects that happen to our brains. So I'm going to give you the top 10 negative effects and the effects that it has on our brain as far as addiction and everything relating to that. Because let me tell you, I am on a social media detox right now. I started that, um, I, I guess you could say I gave it up for Lent. I started March 3rd, or at least I tried to start March 3rd gave a little brief announcement and then ended up deleting it, (laughs) letting people know that I was getting off of social media. And let me tell you, it has been a journey. Um, I guess I'm going on what a week and a few days and it was really, really hard at first. It was like literally giving up something that I spent so much of my time doing. But I have to tell you after a week I am truly disconnected from the matrix. And it's kind of an odd feeling, a great feeling, but it's odd. I felt like today I woke up. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what in the world is going on unless I turn on the TV and find out what's going on in the world on CNN or whatever, watch the view, watch the news or turn on the radio. I sound like a, a you know old fashioned person. But I have to tell you, there's something beautiful about disconnecting from the matrix. So let's get into the meat of this episode and just talk about the addiction and how it affects your brain. Um, Addiction is defined as a chronic relapsing disorder characterized by compulsive drug seeking, continued use despite harmful consequences and long lasting changes in the brain. It is considered both a complex brain disorder and a mental illness. And I believe that as time goes on and more research is done, I think we're going to find out that social media is like a drug and the effects that it has on the brain are no different than that of a narcotic. And so let's get into the 10 effects that it has on the brain. But first, I want to give you a quote. 
This was a quote that I saw the day before I actually decided to get off of social media. And it said something like this. It was like, don't disconnect with yourself to connect with other people. And I thought that that was really a profound quote because I I began to realize that I wasn't reading like I used to read. I wasn't getting things done. It was just a constant habit of, you know, just checking, 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 and just a feeling, a sense of just, um, I don't want to say hopelessness, but just not a good feeling when I got off of there. I didn't feel enlightened or educated or inspired. And this year, I want to really be intentional with everything that I do, with all of my interactions. You know, even I made a mission statement for this podcast. At first, I had started this podcast thinking I was going to do it twice a week and then once a week. And then, you know, I let a few months go by and didn't do anything at all. And then I began to force it and I try to do once a week. But this year, I have decided that I am going to just do one when I have something to say. And so my mission for Speaking Frankly podcast is to make sure that I'm one, either educating people, two, enlightening people, um, three, entertaining, and most importantly, inspiring. And so if I'm not doing one of those things, then I don't need to speak frankly at all. Okay, here we go. Top 10 ways that... um the hidden negative effects of social media on your brain. Um, And this is an article by Damon Berez. It says this, social media may affect the brain in unexpected negative ways from making you spend more money to sparking phantom vibrations. Whether you're sitting down, standing up, or lying down, you've probably mindlessly scrolled through social media feeds. Although seemingly a harmless harmless habit, especially if you have a few minutes to spare, there may be health risks associated with social media use. The American Academy of Pediatrics has acknowledged the potential negative effects of social media in children and adolescents, such as cyberbullying, Facebook depression, sexting, and even exposure to inappropriate content. Yet these risks may be applicable to adults too. Lord knows that's applicable to adults too, because when Twitter first came out, I'll never forget getting on there. And I saw some things, let me tell you, that I cannot unsee that I was horrified by, like truly mentally disturbed. I don't even want to bring those memories back. Um, so here we go, jumping into the 10 ways. Um, first one. It may make you spend more money. So watch your wallet the next time you're scrolling through social media feeds. Um, You know, they track everything. You know how you're up here. You might be on, for me, Fashion Nova website. Then all of a sudden you start getting all of these, you know, emails and and pop-ups and pop-up ads about, you know, skinny jeans or bootleg jeans or ripped jeans or whatever. And you're thinking to yourself, what, where is this coming from? You know, or the cookies, you know, when you accept those cookies, then they're going to sell your information and um, give it to other people to sell you products. And how many times have we been out there not wanting to buy anything, but it's the power of suggestion. You see something and you're like, oh, I could use some more perfume or yeah, let me buy that decorative box or whatever thing you really don't need. So be careful because that can definitely happen. Number two, 
it may alter your appetite. You may want to limit your time scrolling through images of food porn because it could lead to overeating, according to a 2015 review published in Brain and Cognition. Looking at amazing images of mouth-watering food can cause your brain to undergo physiological and neurological changes, making you feel hungry when you're not actually hungry. Um, I know that this has definitely happened to me, uh, especially on Pinterest. I said Pinterest was harmless, but when you're scrolling through all of these delicious you know, recipes, even in the last week since I got off of Facebook and Instagram, like I said, at first I was kind of cheating with Pinterest, trying to wean myself off. And I can't even tell you the amount of recipes like that I made this weekend, baked goods. I made a pound cake, I made brownies and you know, I probably wouldn't have done that had I not seen these delicious recipes. So there's that. Okay, number three, it may interfere with your ability to think independently. Peer pressure is alive and well on social media with adults as well as with teens. And what's interesting is that you may not even realize it's happening. Social media encourages groups of people connected to each other online to share ideas and beliefs. Um, You know, I don't know about all that. I'm a pretty free thinker. I've always thought outside the box. I've never really been a group person, even though I am affiliated with groups. I've kind of always just kind of done my own thing. But I have to tell you, I think that when you take pictures in a group and people see you out with certain people, people project things onto you. People They just do. They project onto you. And I recently had someone in my life. It was kind of interesting. This person constantly tells me, you know what? Be careful. You know, don't let people put things on you. Don't, you know, don't talk down about yourself. Don't, don't use that self-deprecating humor. But the same person who told me that also told me what a pistol I was, what a hot mess I could be. And a lot of times, People are gathering that from what you post on social media. So do I have some pretty sassy things on my Instagram account, some crazy quotes that might have some curse words in there? I do. But does that mean I'm a hot mess or a pistol? In their opinion, apparently it does. And so when you put things out there, you have to be really careful. Even pictures of alcoholic drinks. I've done that in the past. Am I a big drinker? Not at all. I am truly just a social drinker. But you know, I had a friend who told me she had a case a long time ago and she was in an accident. You know, insurance companies will actually get on your social media and do research. And if they see you out with a friend enjoying a margarita, enjoying a frozen daiquiri, whatever, just seemingly innocent, they could formulate some narrative about how you're an alcoholic. So I'm telling you, I'm at a point in my life where I really don't care what people think about me. Obviously, I have this podcast speaking frankly, but when you're younger and you're starting off in your career or you have a goal to get to a certain place that might be conservative, you have to really be careful because when people don't know you, they will form a narrative about who they think you are. So be careful with that. Okay, going on, moving along. It may hurt your self-esteem. Do you covet what Facebook friends have? Many people do. Um, I know that I've posted pictures in my home and um, 
I've never, ever, hand to God, tried to show off my home or anything like that. But people might perceive that that's what you're doing. I'm just like, hey, to my daughter, can you take a picture of me and my husband? We're going out on the town. We're going out for date night. But you're not realizing that some people sit down there and they blow up things. Recently, my husband and I, we just moved down to Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're taking a picture in our neighborhood. It's a new neighborhood. Homes are being built every day. And a guy had the audacity to write a comment. Hey, y'all looking good. But next time, don't take a picture with that porta potty in back of you. Let me tell you something. That porta potty was miles away. So in order for you to have seen that, you clearly zoned in on the picture. And if you're doing that, you know, you just got to say, really? Really, people? Really? Is that what we're doing? So anyway, all that being said, sometimes people overanalyze what you put out there. So be careful. The next one is it may butcher real life conversations. We can spend so much time talking to people over social media with laugh out louds, likes, emojis, and quick comments that we may have a more difficult time engaging in conversation with people in real life. People are spending less time meeting up in person and learning how to express both positive and negative emotions in a healthy way. Um, For my millennial friends out there, I definitely see that. Um, Yes, I'm calling y'all out, you know, just going out with them. They are hooked to their phones. Not saying that Generation Z or, well, definitely them. Um, You know, baby boomers, obviously not so much, but some maybe. And and Generation X. Yeah, we do too. But I have to say millennials, Lord, y'all are the worst. I went out to brunch with a friend and she was on her phone the whole time. And it was just like, really? Um, I'm here. Do you, do you want me to go home? Uh, you know, and I know people who don't even want you to call them. They just want you to text. Don't get me wrong. I don't always want to talk on the phone either. Cause sometimes it's hard to get people off the phone. I, I know a couple of people where somehow it's just hard for them to hang up and say goodbye in a quick fashion. But, um, are we getting away from real life human connection with people? Because we constantly have these devices glued to us. So that's food for thought. Uh, the next one is it may activate your reward center. So actively using social media may lead to widespread reaction across the brain's reward center. In a study of 32 teens published in the Journal of Psychology Science 2016, Researchers found that the same parts of the brain that are activated when people eat chocolate or win money were activated when the teens saw a bunch of likes on a photo. Um, I know I, I will speak frankly and admit that I have deleted photos in the past because they didn't get a lot of likes. And there was like a sense of, oh, I guess people weren't feeling that. Well, then maybe I should take it down. Um, that was a long time ago. I could post something and one person could like it and I don't care. Like I really don't. If I think it's funny, I'm posting it. If I think I look cute, I'm posting it. I don't care. But even as an adult, I have had that happen. And, and I think if people are being honest, I think that has affected a lot of people. And so we get this reward from these likes and then we just, you know, keep posting. I know a lot of people, um, are over posters and who who's 
the judge and jury on that. Lord knows I have overposted and overshared many times in my life, but we all know those people out there that spam you all day long with posts. And you just think to yourself, Lord have mercy, do these people have a job? Do they have something better to do with their time that's more constructive? Like how much attention do you really need? At that point, what are you looking for? Like what is your real motivation behind spamming all day long with posts and memes and that kind of thing? Like you really got to look at yourself and say, hey, what's going on? Is it the reward center, that immediate feedback? Is it loneliness? It's trying to connect with people on a deeper level, but through social media in a virtual reality, so to speak. So um, moving along, it might be linked to your brain's gray matter. So in a 2018 study published in the Journal of Social Neuroscience, researchers noticed that there is a correlation between online social uh, network size and human brain structure. So uh, researchers use magnetic renaissance imaging, MRIs, to study the brain of 33 Facebook users and found that people who spent more time on Facebook tended to have greater gray matter volumes in the regions of the brain connected to social seismic tasks, such as recognizing social group members and attempting to understand their states and motivations. While this isn't necessarily a bad thing, it is a surprising side effect, although the study couldn't determine which came first. Um, just the fact that it's changing our brains is scary. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, the next one, it may make you worse at multitasking. Oh, without a doubt. Like I said, I feel like I need to get on some Adderall or something to, um, I feel like I am just pretty much losing my mind. Constantly checking your email on your smartphone, switching over to Instagram to scroll for a bit, and then opening Snapchat to share what you're doing may lead you to think you're a good multitasker. In reality, managing multiple accounts and switching your attention so often and quickly worsens your ability to focus on multiple activities. I, for one, can attest to that. I just have felt in the last couple of months like a scatterbrain and that if I don't literally wake up and write down, physically write down, not type in my phone, but write down what I need to do, check off those tasks during the day, I spend so much of my day just vacillating between Instagram and Facebook and this and that, and and it's just too much. So it definitely has caused me to become worse at multitasking and seemingly just more scatterbrain. Um, it may make you lose sleep. Melatonin is the hormone in your body that regulates sleep. So high levels of melatonin can help you sleep while low levels keep you awake. While any kind of light can reduce how much melatonin your body makes, blue light, which is emitted from the screen on your smartphone, lessens your melatonin levels even more. Social media scrolling, especially at night, can disrupt your um, rhythms, sleep rhythms. Uh, not all types of social media use cause problems. Um, and then they go on and on and on and on. Um, I know that that's the truth. When you sleep and it's completely pitch black and dark, you just seem to sleep better. Just think about, you know, when people back in the olden times who had alarm clocks, um, <laughs> no, I know people still use alarm clocks now, but just think about that bright blue light or that bright red light 
beaming down on you versus where you don't have anything looming over you, lighten things up, you tend to sleep better. And last but not least, it may spark phantom vibrations. So each time your phone vibrates with a push notification, that reward center in your brain is activated again and again and again. A 2012 study in the Journal of Computers and Human Behavior looked at the prevalence of phantom vibrations, fake vibrations from electronic devices in undergraduate students. Those who had a more dependent reaction to receiving messages were more likely to believe their phone was buzzing again when it actually wasn't. Not a big deal? It might be, but in a small 2016 study published in uh, compunctual intelligence and neuroscience of 14 participants found that push notifications caused people to perform more poorly on task and had negative effects on both cog- cognitive function and concentration. So let me tell you, that is a mouthful. All of those 10 negative effects and people, let me tell you, it's probably only going to get worse because it just seem it just seems like we're just becoming more and more and more connected to the matrix. So in conclusion, social media has some very very negative effects and we are only beginning to um learn. I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um I read somewhere recently where it says every social media trend and challenge is a phila is a psychological operation to see how dumbed down society really is. So just think about all those challenges out there. Um, I haven't participated in them, not because I didn't want to, just because I probably, I just didn't get around to it. But um, just think about that for a second. So just think about the controls out there and how Mark Zuckerberg, you know, has gotten in trouble and they have really, you know, blown the whistle on what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. There's some really sinister things going on. When you have people and scientists and researchers trying to figure out how to, you know, make their products more addictive, that is not a good thing. So am I saying that social media is the devil and we all need to disconnect and and unplug? No. But make sure that when you feel like you're disconnecting from yourself to connect with other people, you, you, you switch that around. You make sure that you disconnect so that you can connect with yourself. So I want to leave you with this last quote. And it says this, be the glitch that you want to see in the matrix. So glitch out sometimes. If that means, you know, just taking a break for a day, a couple days, several weeks like I'm doing, um, and just don't take it so seriously. You know, realize that, hey, I'm not feeling this today. Let me get off. Let me connect with somebody. Let me call someone. Let me get out in the sun and exercise and, you know, do something in the real world. So make sure you don't get lost in the matrix. Signing off, speaking frankly. Take care until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode, The Matrix. I hope you were inspired, entertained, educated, or enlightened in some way, shape, or form. You can find the Speaking Frankly podcast on Spotify, the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Google, and many more. 
Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and to my website, JanaeFrank.com, where I write about love, life, pain, and everything in between. And until next time, signing off, Janae Frank. Frank.